You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Become a subscriber and support Radical Radio. Call 03-9419-8377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Blood destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is coming to you from the studios of Free CR in Melbourne. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au and if you're within the range of 3CR Community Radio, the program is replayed at 5am on Friday morning, if I remember correctly. So if you wake up early and you don't want to go jogging, you know, and sweating and getting in sunstroke. Well, you can always re-listen to the Anarchist World this week, but the more tech-savvy among you, and there must be one or two, can actually access the podcast. There are hundreds of podcasts looking at uh, issues of the of the day. Now, what's anarchy and archos without rulers? It's about creating a society without rulers. What gives rulers the ability to determine the fate of billions of people, as we see currently around the world? inequalities in power and wealth. So the anarchist struggle is the struggle to devolve power, that's share power, possibly through direct democratic means, through a delegation process, and it's about holding the wealth in common and using for the common good. Exceptionally conservative concepts. Obviously, resistance to breaking down the power of rulers is overwhelming. So we use different tactics in different periods of time, end of story. But it's about, so if you're involved in the struggle to share power, hold wealth in common and share wealth, well, whether you like it or not, you have the mark of Cain tattooed on your back. You are an anarchist. Now, remember that old song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Well, this is not a Don't Worry, Be Happy uh, program today. It's uh, particularly, how shall I put it? You can't use the word interesting, can you? Um, it's particularly fascinating. How's that sound? Now, look, I I like to read. And what I like to read is actually the little bits and pieces under the news because I don't like listening to the news. I, I don't mind watching, watching, looking. I'm a voyeur, obviously. But I can't stand the analysis on the government guild at ABC and the corporate-owned media and social media. I find most of the analysis pretty petty 
and useless. But I do like to read the statements underneath because it gives you an idea of what's happening in the world. Now, if you have access to SBS News, it's quite interesting. Uh, or the SBS channel, not the actual news. Because if you look at the Government Guild at ABC, you usually get about eight points. And if you look at, say, the Indian News, there's about 30 points. And obviously there's Al Jazeera and many other things. And what I find quite disturbing is how little news that doesn't fit the current agenda that we in this country receive. And obviously the anarchist world this week, it's not about news, it's about analysis. It's about analysis of what's happening today. Because if we can't analyse what's happening today, we're not going to be in a position to change things or even protect ourselves in the long run. Now, the first thing I want to discuss this morning, and I've raised this on, on one of the YouTube channels, the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, where I've got about 300 YouTube presentations now, one a week, I think over the last five to six years, is Dutton's strategy for the re-election of the Liberal National Party as the government of this country. And it's a fascinating strategy. It's an old strategy. It's been a, a very effective strategy. And we saw this strategy in overdrive this week. I mean, Dutton's fear offensive, and it is a fear offensive, is based on, is gaining momentum, and it's based on widening the fault lines that exist in this country. Fault lines based on race, fault lines based on income, fault lines based on culture, fault lines based on language spoken. We have all these fault lines which we as a society attempt to paper over through legislation. But the reality is whether there's anti-racist legislation or you know, anti-vilification laws, the reality is these fault lines are part and parcel of the Australian DNA. And governments can do one of two things. They can widen these fault lines or they can attempt to repair them. And Dutton's strategy, the Liberal Party's strategy, the Federal Liberal Party, is very simple. It's based on fear. It's based on generating fear in the community. And this fear is not based on reality, but based on half-truths, lies, disinformation and misinformation. And the Liberal Party under Dutton understands that the only way they will be re-elected because they've lost their heartland, they've lost their financial, intellectual heartland to the teals. They understand that in order to win the next federal election and impose their pro-corporate policies, they need to create fear amongst Australians. They need to divide this community further than it is divided now. And the classical example of this was their position on the voice referendum. The misinformation, the disinformation, how they were able to manipulate the black sovereign movement in order to destroy any chances within my lifetime and possibly your lifetime, any movement towards treaty.
fascinating campaign, but it's better than that. Because what we have now is a campaign to exploit every little division that occurs in our community. I'll give you an example, a three brilliant example. And I'm talking about this because I want you to understand what their strategy is so we can counter that strategy. Dutton came out and his cohorts came out all guns blazing regarding the so-called Chinese attack on the Australian, you know, Navy. Blew Blew it out of all proportion, calls it propaganda, because he knows that in this country there is a fault line, a major fault line, which, you know, goes right back to the gold rushes in the 1850s and 1860s regarding Chinese immigration. And if he can exploit this, he will be able to create fear in the community about the yellow peril. Remember those, those of you who are old enough, remember those 1960s uh, political advertisements with the big yellow arrow coming down from Vietnam? Well, they're back. So that's the first thing. That was the first one. The second one is the Palestinian struggle. Now, I think the government and the opposition has been a little bit surprised at the extent of the people's, the Australian people's support for the Palestinians. Every weekend we are seeing tens of thousands of Australians rally. And tomorrow, the 24th of November, we will see in Melbourne school children high school children, rally. And we saw one of uh, the Victorian senators, you know, Dutton's attack dog in Victoria, make the most astounding allegations, misinformation, disinformation regarding this rally. Just extraordinary. Over-the-top comments. Talking about four or five-year-olds, you know, Leaving primary school, you can imagine this, going to the front gate, leaving primary school, you know, coming down to the CBD on public transport and getting involved in these protests. Come on, come on. But what I found extraordinary was the soft handling Senator Senator Henderson received in the corporate-owned media, in the government guild at ABC. Just extraordinary. And the third one, just extraordinary too, was the High Court. Now, the High Court made a very important decision. It went back on a decision it made 20 years ago and said it's unconstitutional to hold people indefinitely in detention who are not under any charge. Now, some of the people in this country that have been held in detention are people who have served criminal sentences for terrible crimes. But the fact is, we have a justice system in this country where you serve your sentence and in the majority of cases you're released under some type of supervision, parole system for a number of years. 
Now, listening to Mr Dutton and his, you know, his noddies, remember, remember when you see these politicians being interviewed on social media or, or, or TV? They've always got a group of noddies behind them. It doesn't matter whether they're ALP, National, Liberal, Greens. There's noddies, you know, the little noddies. The little people behind them go, nod, 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 nod. We support our leader, what they're saying. So three issues to create fear. One, the criminals are being released into the community willy-nilly. Lie, misinformation, disinformation. Two, that a rally by school students in Melbourne or Victoria to support the Palestinian cause is somehow the end of the known universe. Lie, misinformation. Three, beating the Chinese drum. That somehow that interaction between Australia and China, you know, in the open seas is, you know, tantamount to a declaration of war. Come on. And we will see this week after week after week after week till the next federal election. Because Dutton and his gang know. They have lost their heartland. Their rich backers are backing away. They need to move into Hanson Territory. They need to make people feel uncomfortable, fearful. They want us to lock our doors. And more importantly, they want us to lock our minds. The very people who created the illegal, the illegal system that criminalised people on wealth on on, on uh, social security benefits, robo debt. These very people, not one of them, has found themselves in court for their illegal actions, is now beating the fear drum. So when you talk to your friends, when you talk to your neighbours, that's if you do actually talk to anybody, and obviously in the social media world it doesn't seem to happen that you actually meet real people, but that's a different story. When you do, raise this issue over and over and over again. Because fear, using fear about the other, is a very effective political strategy as far as elections is concerned. It does widen the fault lines, but it does bring you support. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscana. I'm hosting today's program. Now, sometimes I think I'm, I must be dumb. You know, really, really stupid. Now, obviously, there'll be a few people listening who would agree with that. Now, I used to think... Now, I'm making this up. A bit of misinformation. I used to think that the Reserve Bank Board, the governing board, was made of, up of intelligent people. Some of them may even be Mensa members. I think you've got to have an IQ of above 160, you know, to be uh, accepting of the foals of Mensa. But I cannot believe the garbage... That's been touted by the Reserve Bank 
I cannot believe that we pay these people all this money to trot out this garbage. Now, these days, they need to put out a little bit of a little bit of a statement about why they have made their decision to increase interest rates, decrease interest rates, whatever. And I was flabbergasted after 13 interest rate rises to read that the Reserve Bank Board believed that corporations increasing prices, right, to meet increasing interest rate rises caused or increased inflationary pressures. Hey? <laughs> Could you believe this? <laughs> I'm going to have a heart attack. I hope the defibrillator is somewhere in the building. What geniuses? What geniuses? We live in a society which is based on one principle, one rock, one foundation rock, and that is capitalism. What is capitalism? It's about creating profits irrespective of the human, social and environmental costs. And obviously the people of Argentina who are now flirting with a new president who's promised them everything but will deliver nothing will begin to understand that obviously when you have a system like that where all the chips are given to the corporate sector and you're expected to gamble against them, right? They've got all the chips. You haven't got any chips. They lend you the chips. They pay, you've got to pay them money for the chips, right? You would expect these intelligent people on the Reserve Bank Board to understand after 13 interest rate rises that the inflationary pressures we now face are directly related to companies, including financial institutions, refusing point blank to decrease profits. They still want to maximise their profits irrespective of the human cost. And it is the little people, those with credit cards, those with mortgages, those paying rent, those small businesses that are taking out loans at 4% and now find they're paying 14%. They're the ones that carry the can. And if at you look at company profits for the major corporations, they have continued to accelerate. Now, obviously, even somebody with one synapsing neuron in their brain like me, even an idiot, a moron, like me, understands that if you have such a system and you have no regulatory apparatus in terms of legislation to claw back profits, then 
every time you increase interest rates, you will see prices rise. Now, what they want to do is they want to hit you so far hard on the head so many times that you will get the idea that I can't buy that. I can't buy that. I can't do this. I can't do that. But as far as the corporate sector is concerned, fair game. Come on, boys and girls. You get paid big bucks for being on the Reserve Bank board. You meet 11 times a year. You know, I wish I had. I wish I was on the Reserve Bank board. I could retire. Huh? Nice, nice payment if you can get it. All right. And now you've come to this conclusion. Now you've come to this conclusion. Extraordinary. If I were you, I'd tear up your Mensa membership card because you don't deserve it. Extraordinary. And these are the people who determine the fate of hundreds of thousands of Australians who find themselves being squeezed on all sides while being offered financial inducements by the financial sector to barb wire them with debt. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. I'd like to welcome to all those listeners around Australia who uh, listen to the Anarchist World This Week via the Community Radio Network. If this is the first time you've listened to the Anarchist World This Week, I encourage you and uh, you're listening to a commu- on a community you're listening on a community radio station you don't listen to and your local community radio station doesn't broadcast the anarchist world this week i'd knock on the station manager's door or go to, or speak to the board of management and say why don't you broadcast the anarchist world this week because it's about time it's about time in a world where there is only one viewpoint only one way of addressing things that we heard something a little bit different. Now, look, I look. I don't watch TV. Occasionally, occasionally, very occasionally. I don't even surf the net. Occasionally, I surf the net. Although I use the net to communicate ideas. All right, but I was fascinated with the Pacific Games opening ceremony. Now, how many of you, and that includes me, how many of you could name the 24 Pacific Island or Pacific countries that are currently involved in the Pacific Games in Honiara in the Solomon Islands? Well, I was dumbstruck to see there were 20 24 participants in the Pacific Games. And I accidentally came across the opening ceremony on NITV. I know that SBS is currently showing highlights, but they didn't actually show the opening ceremony. And to me, the opening ceremony was an eye-opener 
in terms of learning about our Pacific Island neighbours or our Pacific neighbours. Because we all know Fiji and Solomon Islands and Vanuatu, but how many of us know about the Gilbert and Ellis Islands, the Marshall Islands, the Mariana, the Northern Mariana, Tuvalu, Cook Island, all these little island states, sovereign nation states that will be consumed by the oceans in the next 50 years as we attempt to deal with the climate emergency. How many of us them are familiar? And I thought this was a, a brilliant opportunity, maybe for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, Channel 2, you know, the, the, pro, the, the station you pay for, not NITV, their little brother, to actually show the opening ceremony. Maybe they could bump off a few repeats to show the opening ceremony because, it, to me, the opening ceremony was an extraordinary, was an eye-opener. Now, I think, obviously I've got tickets on myself, I think that I'm pretty familiar with the Pacific region. Well, I'm not. There were countries there, sovereign nation states there, which I had never heard of. And I've been on the planet for over seven decades, and these are our neighbours. It's not as if I'm talking about the Middle East. I'm talking about our neighbours. So, extraordinary. We have, I mean, the Morrison government was brilliant, you know, was brilliant. It said, forget about aid, forget about the Pacific, and guess what happens? The Chinese come in. Who do you think is one of the major backers of Solomon Islands uh, or the Pacific Games in Solomon Islands? Obviously the Chinese government. And why not? We've deserted the very people in our backyard. When the Australian Broadcasting Corporation was asked or forced to kill its overseas broadcast, especially to the Pacific region, any influence that Australia had in that part of the world disappeared. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast ac across Australia. So have a look at the highlights. I mean, they're not, they may not be world-class athletes, but the fact is what these games have done is opened people's eyes to the diversity of peoples and cultures and languages and ideas on our very backyard. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, look, what can you say about Gaza? As I keep telling you, the world's averted its eyes to the humanitarian disaster in Gaza. 1.7 million of a population of 2.3 million has been displaced from their homes. Over 14,000 people, including roughly 5,000 children, have been killed. Northern Gaza has been reduced to rubble through carpet bombing. We've seen wonderful pictures of the Israeli army and their tanks and bulldozers, you know, doing what they like in Gaza, but I think they've been a little bit surprised by the resistance they're meeting uh, from the 
Hamas military forces. But I don't want to discuss that. You all know that. What we've seen are criminal acts. Criminal acts supported by our government and the West. At the very least, at the very least, what the Australian government could do is expel the Israeli ambassador. It's the very least that countries around the world to show their displeasure at the humanitarian crisis that's occurring in this little enclave, less than half the size of bloody Canberra, where they're dropping thousands of bombs, I think it's about 50,000 bombs already in the last five weeks, you begin to understand the scale of the emergency. But we turn our eyes, we talk about the North Koreans. How many people have the North Koreans killed outside their border? I'm not talking about inside their borders, eh? Hmm? This goes on and on. People talk about the Tenement Square massacre in 19... I think it was 89, 88... Maybe a thousand killed by the uh, Chinese Communist Party. Here we have a disaster of unimaginable proportions, the worst atrocities we've seen worldwide in the 21st century, and we avert our gaze. But that's not the issue. Well, it is the issue, but more importantly, let's look at the reason we find ourselves in this situation. History didn't start on the 7th of October 2023. Now, many of the listeners are, you know, familiar with the Palestinian story. But how many of us are familiar with the Israeli story? My contention is, and it's not just my contention, it's many people's contention, that successive Israeli governments... Mossad, their much-acclaimed secret service agency, and the Israeli armed forces have failed the Israeli people. And to a degree, the Israeli people have their only, only themselves to blame because they have continued to elect, narrowly, I agree, governments which think that the solution to their dilemma is based on brute force. The current Prime Minister is a laughing stock. And I'll tell you why he's a laughing stock. Because if there's one thing a sovereign nation state should be able to do is to protect its citizens and his government his government had no inkling the Israeli security services the much acclaimed you know Mossad and the Israeli armed forces had no inkling that Hamas was going to break out of Gaza like a bat out of hell and do what they did. Slaughtered 1,200 Israeli citizens, kidnapped another 200, around another 230, 240 to use as hostages in negotiations. This is, this was an enclave less than half the size of Canberra, of 2.3 million people. It was a walled city. 
There are only one entry, two entry points, one from Egypt, one from Israel. They had been under a blockade for 16 years since Hamas took control of Gaza. And nobody had any inclination of what was happening. And I'll tell you why. Because the Israeli government was too busy using its secret service and its armed forces to expand its control in the West Bank. And you would have seen before Hamas broke out of Gaza the intervention of the Israeli army into the West Bank time and time again to remove Palestinians from those little bits of land which they still held post the 67 invasion, sorry, the 73 invasion, to push them out and create more Israeli, illegal Israeli settlements. So they averted their gaze from Gaza because they were interested, wanted to expand their colonisation processes in the West Bank and to a lesser degree in Jerusalem. That's why the current government failed its citizens. It failed to protect its citizens. And then, like a petulant two-year-old who's been denied access to, you know, a toy, they started throwing their weight around smashing this and smashing that, thinking that somehow, that through brute force, they would win the hearts and minds of the world. If there's one thing the Israeli government, the current Israeli government has done, it's actually humanised Hamas. That's very hard to do, but it's humanised Hamas. I have personally seen changes of opinion occurring in this community, in the Australian community, regarding what's happening in Gaza currently. Irrespective of the propaganda in the corporate-owned media and, and, and to the, in the government guild at ABC, which had its own little strike because its employees were unhappy with the coverage, irrespective of the opposition and the government's, you know, bleatings about the situation, irrespective of the lack of balanced analysis, the fact is that more and more people are being swayed by the images they are seeing. These are not the images of war. These are the images of slaughter. This is not a war. It's a slaughter. So what the Israeli, you know, if the Israeli people want peace, they need to change their mindset with increased sophistication of armaments. It's highly likely that over the next 10 to 20 years we will see the forces arraigned against Israel gain Ascendancy, irrespective of United States support or not. Brutality begets brutality. And if there is one group that is to blame 
for the current slaughter and fiasco on both sides. It's the Israeli government, their secret service and their armed forces. Think about it. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Whatever. Okay. You've been excited by the Black Friday sales, eh? I was speaking to a friend and she thought Black Friday was some type of religious observance. Well, she was pretty close, you know, because consumerism is a, is, is a religion. It is a religion. Consuming goods for the sake of consumption is the essence of capitalism, private investment for private profit. It's the very essence. But I think, um, I think the Black Friday sales highlights this country's or Australia's ethical and moral bankruptcy. Because it goes a bit something like this, right? You want something, we're going to decrease the price. You haven't got enough money? Well, you can pay pallet or whatever other little, you know, scheme you use. Or you can take out a loan. We can wrap the financial barbed wire tighter and tighter around you. What's the point? What's the point of consumption for consumption's sake? What's the point of consuming beyond your immediate needs? Just extraordinary, isn't it? The hype regarding buying shit. You know? The best thing you can do is ignore the Black Friday sales. What you may think is a bargain won't turn out to be a bargain. Even if it's a bargain, it's plastic. It'll break down sooner or later. Do you really need that 16th extra gadget in your kitchen, which is supposedly half price? Do you need a new mattress? Do you really need a new game or a new computer program? Do you really need it or do you want it? See, that's the thing about capitalism. It's not based about need. It's about want. It's about satisfying want. And that's why we find ourselves in an ethical and moral black hole. Because if you live in a society based on one principle, private investment for private profit, which leads to consumption for consumption's sake, it's about creating markets, artificial markets to satisfy artificial needs. Well, when you look at the real needs, there's never enough money, never enough resources for public hospital, never enough resources for aged care, never enough resources for early childhood development, never enough resources for roads. Because it's all about maximising profits and all you superannuants out there, you know, waiting for that magic moment when you turn 67 and you can play with your superannuation. Remember, I, I'm a septogenarian, so I've passed that bloody thing. Just remember, superannuation is about privatising your old age. 
is about you paying for your old age. You work all your bloody life, you pay your taxes, you obey the law, you raise a family, you do the right thing, or you try. Well, we try to do the right things, obviously we all don't. That includes me. And then, bingo, you retire and you see your nest egg slowly disappear looking after your immediate needs. Because you see, the beauty about superannuation is what I call inverse economics. You may have worked hard all your life as a labourer or a factory hand or in a hospital or whatever, right? But your wages may not reflect the type of uh, the amount of energy and effort you put into that work, while well, some CEO who makes decisions about this and that, wages may be ooh, 100 times, maybe 200 times more than you receive every year. And what do they do? They offset their wages into their superannuation accounts and they pay less taxation because it's gone to their superannuation account. So when they retire, they get the boat. They get the holidays, the overseas holidays. They get the toy boy or the toy girl. They live the life of Riley. So what's so fair about such a system? There's no fairness in it. That's why I talk about this ethical and moral black hole we find ourselves in. You know, it's, you know, it's funny. I listen to Mr Dutton and his cohorts and to a lesser degree the ALP, who are trying to tread softly, softly, in case the social media and the corporate-owned media, you know, trample all over them because they've got a radical, one radical idea in a three-year term. And isn't it fascinating how those who have the most are always keen to ensure that those who have the least continue to have the least? I know it sounds a bit you know, it sounds a bit funny. Those who have the most are those who complain about those who receive the least for their efforts. I mean, that's what RoboDebt was about. It was about widening that divide, widening that fault line in Australian society which says that people on Social Security benefits or people in public housing are not really, you know, they're leaners. They're leaners. You know, they're exploiting the system. If they're $400 a week, they're exploiting the system, you know. That's if you're lucky to get the $400. Somehow, they're the ones that are creating the problems. Think about it. The Black Friday sales extravaganza is a symptom, is a symptom of the type of society we have become. One based on consumption for consumption's sake. Simple. No wonder there's so much garbage to be put out. You're listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Look, just in case you're interested, and you may be interested, if you're not interested, well, that's fine. You know, you listen to the program because you want to. If you don't want to listen to it, well, move on. Few. Uh, Websites you can go to. Public Interest Before Corporate Interest is a YouTube channel. About 300 YouTubes on different issues that face us today. And uh, the next YouTube presentation will be on the Black Friday sales. 
Then you've got, uh, I've done a number of uh, presentations about radical moments, pivotal radical moments in Australian 19th century radical history. Bit esoteric. There's always a lot to learn from the past. You can go to Joseph Toscano, YouTube, josephtoscano.now. Just in case you want to create a society, and I know it may be a bit difficult, that is based on the concepts of, you know, um, devolving power and sharing wealth. Just in case, I encourage you to look at the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest website, pibci.net. Very easy to join. Doesn't cost anything. You can join online. We can send you out application forms. You can download material to give to your friends because the reality is it'll be more of the same unless we do something about it. Now, you can leave messages on 0439 395 489. That's 0439 395 489. I will get back to you at some stage. And uh, thanks to all those people who leave messages. Uh, or you can also go to a number of um, Facebook pages, Joseph Toscana, Toscana for the Public, or websites, anarchismedia.org. The list goes on and on. The stuff's out there. It's really up to you whether you take that up or not. But remember, I have been encouraging the board, the directors of the Reserve Bank to tear up their Mensa membership card because they don't deserve to be in Mensa. And I'm also encouraging you to do one of two, to do two things. The first thing I want you to do is to tear up your I'm going to do something about that card. Huge Australian tribe. I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to do something about that when I get out of my armchair, when I stop finishing my, you know, my game on the net, when I stop, you know, looking at Instagram or uh, TikTok or whatever videos. I'm going to do something about that. Well, you never are going to do something about that if you don't do something about that, you know. And the other tribe I love, even better, it's a bigger tribe than I'm going to do something about that. It's a tribe which I'm very familiar with. Because many of the calls I get, emails about, somebody should do something about that. Not you, but somebody. Somebody should organise a protest. Somebody should organise a petition. Somebody should stand on their heads. Somebody should take all their clothes off and run down the street. It's always somebody, isn't it? Somebody should do something about that. Well, ultimately, we are the people we've been waiting for. And I'll repeat that phrase again. It's not a new phrase. It's been used many times. We are the people we've been waiting for. If you're waiting for your political leaders, your religious leaders, your secular leaders, your financial leaders, the Mensa members of the Reserve Bank Board, well, you're going to wait till time immemorial. Now, remember the past we used to say, you know, the poor, what is it? The rich will be with us, but the poor, if you read the Bible, they say, what does that say? I've got to remember this. I've got to get it right. Obviously, I won't. Yeah, they will inherit the earth. The poor will inherit the earth. Well, I've got some bad news for you, boys and girls. In Australia, 80% of people who die get cremated because it's too, too difficult and too expensive to bury people although a lot of people want to be cremated, so the poor don't even inherit the earth. In the new 
artificial intelligence world. They just get cremated. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, I'm just going to go through this again because almost every program I go through this and, you know, obviously it goes through the keeper time and time again. Never hits a six. Ah, that's it. I just remembered. There have been two teams, national teams, that have played um, sport. One has been lauded. Lauded. The Australian cricket team won the 50-over World Cup. They beat India in India. They silenced a crowd of 130 million people, 130,000 people and a nation of 1.5 billion. But yesterday, the Australian's male soccer team played the Palestinian team. That's right, there is a Palestinian team. There's one thing about the World Soccer Federation. They understand it's a world game. And although the Palestinians are not a sovereign nation state, they are respected as a sovereign nation state and they have a national team. And Australia won 1-0. But unlike the Australian cricket team, what the Australian soccer team has done it has donated part of their appearance fee to assist Palestinian humanitarian causes. They have stood up. They have stood up as a national team and told it as it is. They are donating part of their match fee to Palestinian humanitarian causes. How many bloody celebrities in this country have stood up and done the same? How many sporting celebrities, when I saw a few sporting celebrities put their hand up, put their head above the parrot, it was cut off three or four weeks ago. And nobody dares to take their place. This is a time to stand up. Whether it's with your family, whether it's with your workmates, it doesn't matter who it is. It's this time to stand up. We failed. We failed miserably with the voice referendum. At least we may be able to do a little thing to actually stop the slaughter in Gaza. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, people talk about housing misery, housing affordability, increasing rents, increasing interest rates on mortgages, mortgages doubling, increasing housing prices, and we're given the same shit over and over again. Just like to remind you, public housing. You increase public housing stock, you decrease the power that the private marketplace has on housing. The more public housing, the less need to rent privately. Housing prices at the lower end of the market fall. More people can enter the marketplace and buy houses. 
the key isn't giving money to corporations to build houses. The key isn't to privatising public housing. The key to housing affordability, decrease in rents, decreasing housing prices is increasing public housing stocks. And that's using capitalist competition principles. If you have no competition in a marketplace and the current housing market is totally dominated by a private sector which is assisted by a taxation system which rewards investors through negative gearing and increasing housing prices, then there'll be no answers. It's not about decreasing migration. It's not about privatising public housing. It's about introducing real competition in the marketplace. And real competition is based on that basic principle of having a strong, in a mixed economy, of having a strong public housing sector to compete with the private housing sector. One last thing, in case you find yourself in Melbourne town on Sunday the 26th of November, which is this Sunday, I invite you as the convener of the West Parkwood Rent Collective to join the West Parkwood activists in this country at the West Parkwood Open Day. It's at 838 Collins Street, Docklands. That's Sunday, the 26th of November. Uh, Clovis Mwamba will be doing his poems on the meteorite memos, which is interesting. He was a political prisoner in the Congo, was sentenced to hang, but actually was escaped just before he was hung. He's the guest speaker. 1pm lunch. Meet old friends and you. Donate to help with the costs of the lunch. If you can't donate anything, fair enough. But if you've got some spare money in your pocket, pay for the lunch. That's a West Papuan lunch. That's at 1pm. 2pm, the keynote speaker, Mr. Jacob, Dr. Jacob Rumbiak, will bring, be bringing us up to date with the current West Papuan independence struggle. Uh, what's happening um, and how they're going to cope with the latest diversities. There's a book launch about the Congo and West Papua, even a cabaret. Unbelievable. Then I'll be doing my infamous auction, handmade goods. So if you're looking for that special something for that special person for your end-of-year celebrations, don't buy at the Black Friday sales. It's just cheap plastic. Come along, buy something here at the West Papua auction. Every cent raised goes to the West Papua Rent Collective to pay the rent. Now, when you get to 838 Collins Street in Docklands, the doors will be locked. That's the front door. Walk round to the back. Walk round to the back. Hopefully, you'll be able to make it. And if you can't make it, you can always become a member of the West Papua Rent Collective. I mean, genocide happens in many ways. And what we are seeing in West Papua is a classical example of genocide. So join us. This Sunday, 1pm, 838 Collins Street, Melbourne, for the West Papuan Open Day. Evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 
10am every Wednesday. Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, larger! CR is Radical Radio, and that means more than just alternative current affairs and political coverage. We're Radical because we're an independent media outlet, owned and operated by the community. We're Radical because we give communities the control of their own shows, with their own music, in their own languages. We're Radical because we provide a media platform for communities to build their own power to create social change. Become a subscriber and support Radical Radio. Call us on 03 9419 8377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.